Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Times of Devotion. Right now, we're going to be praying. And I'd like to read to us a text scripture. First Timothy 2 from verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Today we're going to spend some time praying, praying for ministers of the gospel. And we're going to be praying for saints of God, those who are who are um, under these ministers of the gospel and other children of God who are being deceived or have been deceived or have been affected by the fear that has been infiltrating every corner of the world at this time. We're going to pray specifically for them. That their faith fail not, hallelujah. Their faith fail not, hallelujah. Let's begin to pray right now for them. That this once they are standing strong. They are not moved by the deception that is going on around the world right now. They are not affected, but their faith stands strong. Can you unmute yourself right now as we pray for them? Pray for the saints of God. We pray for the ministers of the gospel. Probably affected. We pray for them at this time. Ayala <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray for ministers of the gospel all around the world. Who probably must have been affected, oh God, by the deception of the Antichrist at this time. We pray, O God, that these ones, O God, they come out of such deception, O God, that these ones, O God, they come out, O God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We break the hold of God of deception upon their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. We refuse to let this one go, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray for the saints of God. Other Christians, oh God, who have been affected by the fear, oh God, and the cunning craftiness of, the, of their deception, oh God. We pray, oh God, that this was, oh God, they are strong in faith, giving glory to God. This was another affected, oh God. We break the hold of deception against their lives in the name of the Lord Jesus. We break the hold of fear in their lives in the name of Jesus. We refuse for deception. We refuse for fear to have any holds in their lives, oh God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, precious Father. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time. You are welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, esteemed Amara, for the opportunity to always lead the sense of God in prayers grateful for the opportunity right now we're going over to the rhapsody of reality segment and i would like to welcome esteemed brother martins to take the rhapsody segment over to you brother martins praise the lord good morning good afternoon good evening everyone depending on where you're connected from around the world firstly i'd like to say a very big thank you to esteemed sister maka for this great opportunity Okay, we're taking a rhapsody of realities this morning, uh, devotional. Please, um, I'll kindly ask one of the co-hosts to help me share the devotional on the screen. Today's devotional, the title is Cleansed from All Unrighteousness. 
But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all, all sin. Hallelujah. That's first John chapter one, verse seven. Oh. <laughs> Thank God for Jesus. The Bible says, in him, we have our redemption, redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, Colossians 1 verse 14. This is so powerful because of Jesus, all your sins are remitted. That's completely removed. The past, the present, and the future. The, all the sins you ever committed and all the sins you will ever commit has been removed in Jesus Christ. Oh, what a privilege. What a great, what a great grace God has lavishly poured upon us. Since all your sins are remitted, completely removed, past, present, and future. No wonder we are called his justified ones. See, this morning, I, will, I, will, I want you to take carefully understand what you are, who you are, what God has made you become, who God has made you become by virtue of the vicarious death and resurrection of Christ. You can carefully note them down. It will change your perception of who you really are. It will change the way you see yourself. Because if, you, if only you can see yourself the way God sees you, you are made for life. In fact, that settles every other thing. Praise the Lord. He says, no wonder we are called his justified ones. We are not ordinary sinners saved by grace. You are not a wretch. Like they sing, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Even the sinner isn't a wretch. Jesus didn't die for a wretch. You are somebody special. Praise the Lord. Since your value is in the blood of the Son of God, that blood, the Bible says, cleanses you from all sins, all unrighteousness. Notice the present progressive tense. Cleanses. That is continually cleanses, continually cleans you. It says, Notice the present progressive tense, cleanses, which means it happens as often as you require it. Oh God, it happens as often as you require it. Praise the Lord. It happens as often as you require it. You know, when I think of this scriptures it's it behooves my mind as to how much god loves us but when you do something just it's like the case of the prodigal son after lavishing squandering doing all sort of things with the father's money he came back the father saw him from afar i can imagine the father being one highly placed one very influential man he left whatever he was doing and ran towards his son ran towards him. A son that should have said, this terrible son of mine that did this. And no, he didn't say that. He ran towards him. His love cleansed everything the boy must have done, wiped away the memory of what the boy must have done. All the father was thinking about is my lost son is back. Praise the Lord. He says, we live in an unclean world with so much unrighteousness around us. Sometimes this impurity rub off on us. But thanks be unto God. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. It is automatic. Aye. Hallelujah. That's what we read in our opening verse. It is automatic. The blood of Jesus automatically cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Every form of sin. It cleanses us. You know, this is akin, when I think of this scripture, when it says, come, let's reason together. 
Though your sin be as scarlet or as red as crimson, I will make you as white as snow. That's what God says. No matter what you did, no matter what you've done wrong, no matter what it is, this come, I will make you white as snow. Know that the Lord Jesus would say, He is God Himself. He came to this world and He says, Zacchaeus, today I'm going to your house. Not minding what He must have done wrong, He said, I'm going to your house today. And of a short thing, He went to His house, and men were converted. Praise the Lord. He says, He didn't say you, are, you will be cleansed after you pray for forgiveness. Ah, Kabrunda's Kesha. He didn't say you will be cleansed after you pray for the forgiveness of your sins. Neither did it say the blood is going to cleanse you from your sin. No, it is not futuristic. It is a continuous automatic process. His blood cleanses you each time the need arises. This is a perfectly this is perfectly legal before God. So, you know, um, the only thing, what I, what I find from this, what I find from this text is the only thing God demands from us is love. Just if, if you love God the way God has put everything before you, all you just is enjoy what God has created. Enjoy what um, the, the, the basic spiritual necessities that God has put before you. It causes a the, the legal aspect of salvation. He says here, he says his blood cleanses you each time the need arises. Is there a sin that has besetted you before in the past? Is there something you did that you think, oh, hello, Christos, killer You think this thing is too big for God to forgive? You are seeing it here. Is it? It's a continuous automatic process. Automatic. Eh? Automatic, like <laughs> push and start. As you need it, it starts. As you want it, it works. It's an automatic process. Now it says, no wonder he. Your mic is muted. Praise the Lord. Oh, Hi. praise the Lord. Okay. Pastor is saying, he says, no wonder he calls you holy, unblameable, or reprovable in his sight. Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. Like I said in the beginning, I said, reason carefully what God calls you. These are the things he calls you. And if God sees you this way, you must see yourself that way. Because carefully look at this scripture very well. Colossians chapter 1, verse 22. He says, no wonder he calls you holy, unblameable, and irreprovable in his sight. The way he's seeing you, you are holy, unblameable, and irreprovable in God's sight. If God sees you as holy, unblameable, irreprovable, how do you see yourself? Do you also see yourself that way? Have you come to the consciousness where you know you are holy? Or you still see yourself as a sinner saved by grace? Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, he says, you are washed, sanctified, and justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God, blessed by the Spirit of our God, blessed be God. You are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified. So he goes on to say, get to know understand and consciously walk in the light of God's word. That's what you need to do. Just know it, understand it, and walk in it. It's as simple as that. No wonder we have this aura of self-belief. We have this aura of, you know, believing that God is, is our father. He's our creator. He's the one that we, you know, one guy was saying something one day, some days, you know, some years, I think some years ago. I told him, I said, the God you worship, that God that you pray, praise, worship and everything. He comes to my room. The guy was looking at me. I said, yes. 
and we talk, we have conversation. Have you been able to come to that point where you know that God really comes into your room and you, you speak to God? I, I mean, the almighty God who created the heavens and the earth, the planets and all that be in it. Have you been able to think it that way? Just reason it because you speak, you speak to God. Where is he? He's right there with you. Just get to know, understand, and consciously walk in the light of God's word, in the light of your righteousness, and you will not have to worry about sin because, you, because your nature in Christ isn't subject to sin. No wonder the Bible says, sin shall not have dominion over you anymore. Never. You can say to yourself, sin does not have dominion over me. I am bigger than sin. Because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. At this point, I'll kindly hand over to the esteemed Sister Joy to take us through the confession and the further study. Thank you so much for this time. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you so much, Brother Martins. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for the opportunity. So I'll be taking the further study. We're reading from 1 John 1, 7. It says, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. We're also reading from Romans 4, 6 to 8. It says, even as David also described the blessedness of the man, Unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. And finally, Micah 7, 18 to 19, the Amplified Classic Version. Who is a God like you, who forgives iniquity, and passes over the transgression of the remnant of his, of his heritage. He retains not his anger forever because he delights in mercy and loving kindness. He will again have compassion on us. He will subdue and tread underfoot our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the death of the sea. Praise the Lord. So right now we're going to be taking the confession together. It's on the screen. Um, you don't have to mute your mic, just repeat after me. Blessed be the Lord, who according to his mercy saved me and has justified me by his grace to be an heir of eternal life. I enjoy my blessed life in Christ, walking in righteousness, justified from all things, from which I couldn't be justified by the law of Moses. My life is for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zia to take us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a beautiful day ahead. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, depending on what part of the world you are connecting from. Welcome to the Inspired by the World Time of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing platform. Congratulations to everyone that has been consistent with the daily Bible reading plan for the year. We have been reading the New Testament and Old Testament. And right now we'll be reading the book of John. We'll be reading the message translation. It's been a very, it's been a very, very interesting read. Praise God. Um, I'm sharing my screen at the moment. So today we're reading John chapter three from 20, verse 22 to 36. I love the way it's captioned, the bridegroom's friend. Verse 22 says, after this conversation, Jesus went on with his disciples into the Judean countryside and relaxed with them there. He was also baptizing. At the same time, 
John was baptizing over at Enon near Salim, where water was abundant. This was before John was thrown into jail. John's disciples got into an argument with the establishment Jews over the nature of baptism. They came to John and said, Rabbi, you know the one who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you authorized with your witness. Well, he's now competing with us. He's baptizing too. And everyone's going to him instead of us. John answered, it's not possible for a person to succeed. I'm talking about eternal success without heaven's help. You yourselves were there when I made it public that I'm not the Messiah, but simply the one sent ahead of him to get things ready. The one who gets the bride is, by definition, the bridegroom. And the bridegroom's friend, his best man, that's me, in place at his side where he can hear every word, is genuinely happy. How could he be jealous? when he knows that the wedding is finished and the marriage is off to a good start. That's why my cup is running over. This is the assigned moment for him to move into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. The one who comes from above is head and shoulders over other messengers from God. The headborn is headbound and speaks at language. The heavenborn is in a league of his own. He sets out the evidence of what he saw and heard in heaven. No one wants to deal with these facts, but anyone who examines the evidences will come to stake his life on this, that God himself is the truth. The one that God sent speaks God's words and don't think he rations out the spirit in bits and pieces. The father loved the son extravagantly. He turned everything over to him so he could give it away, a lavish distribution of gifts. This is why whoever accepts and trusts the son gets in on everything, life complete and forever. Whoever accepts and trusts the son gets in on everything, life complete and forever. And this is also why the person who avoids and distrusts the sun is in the dark and doesn't see life. All he experiences of God is darkness and an angry darkness at all. And may the Lord bless this reading in our hearts in Jesus' name. As we go out, we have the consciousness that we are heaven born and we who have accepted and we trust the son, we get everything in life complete and forever. Thank you so much. I hand over to Brother John, who take us through the Old Testament Bible reading plan. God bless you all. Have a beautiful day. Praise God, I believe Brother John is in the room. Okay, sorry. Good morning. I, I, I didn't unmute myself. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to the Old Testament segment of the one year Bible reading plan. Uh in the book of Second Samuel, chapter twenty-three. We're taking twenty-three and twenty-four as we as we um round up this chapter. It's been a beautiful read, the story of David. From verse one, these are the these are David's last words. Uh, okay, these are David's last words. The voice of the son of Jesse, the voice of the man, God took to the top whom the God of Jacob made king and Israel's most popular singer. God's spirit spoke through me. His words took shape on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke to me. Israel's rock mountain said, whoever governs fairly and well, who rules in the, fearful of, in the fear of God, is like first light at daybreak, without a cloud in the sky. 
like green grass carpeting the glistening under fresh rain. And this is just how my regime has been for God guaranteed with his covenant with me, spared it out plainly and kept every promised word, my entire salvation, my every desire. But the devil's henchmen are like thorns, cold and piled as trash. Better not try to touch them. Keep your distance with a rake or hoe. It will make a glorious bonfire. <laughs> That's it. This is the listing of David's top men. Joseph Bashabeth, the Takemonites, he was chief of the tree, of the three. He once put his spear to work against 800 men, killed them all in a day. Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahuites, was the nest of the elite tree. He was with David when the Philistines poked fun at them at past Damien. When the Philistines drew up for battle, Israel retreated. But Eliezer stood his ground and killed Philistines right and left until he was exhausted. But he never let go of his sword. A big win forgot that the army then rejoined Eliezer, but all there was left to do was the cleanup. 11. Shama, son of Agi, the Hararites, was the third of the three. The Philistines had mustered for battle at Lehi where there was a field full of lentils. Israel fled before the Philistines, but Shammah took his stand at the center of the field, successfully defended it, and routed the Philistines. Another great victory for God. One day during harvest, the three parted from the tent and joined David at the cave of Adullam. A squad of Philistines had set up camp in the valley of Rephim, why David was holed up in the cave. The Philistines had their base camp in Bethlehem. David had a sudden craving and said, would I ever like a drink of water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem? So the three penetrated the Philistine lines. But David wouldn't drink it. God that I will drink this. This is in my water. This is this it's their life blood. They risked their very lives to bring it. So David refused to drink it. This is the Um, Am I being heard? I broke up at a point, but we can hear you now. Oh, so what, what, what verse should I start from? Okay, let me just um, start from verse 13 again. One day during harvest, the three parted from the 30 and joined David at the cave of Adullam. A squad of Philistines had set up camp in the valley of Rephaim. While David was holed up in the cave, the Philistines had their base camp in Bethlehem. David had a sudden craving and said, would I ever like a drink? Would I ever like a drink of water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem? So the three penetrated the Philistine lines, drew water from the well at the gate of Bethlehem, and brought it back to David. But David wouldn't drink it, poured it out as an offering to God, saying, there is no way, God, that I will drink this. This is in mere water. It's their lifeblood. They risked their very lives to bring it. So David refused to drink it. This is the sort of thing that the three did. Abishai, brother of Joab, and son of Zeruiah, was the head of the third. He once got credit for killing 300 in despair, but he was never named in the same breath as the three. He was the most respected of the thirty and was their captain, but never got included among the three. Meniah, son of Jehoiada from the Kabziu, was a vigorous man who accomplished a great deal. He once killed two lion cubs in one. 
Another time on a snowy day, he climbed down into a pit and killed a lion. Another time he killed a formidable Egyptian. Egyptian was armed with a spear and Benaiah went against him with nothing. But a walking stick, he seized the spear from the, his grip and killed him with his own spear. These are the things that Benaiah, son of Joada, is famous for. But neither did he ever get ranked with the three. He was held in greatest respect among the thirty, but he never got included with the three. David put him in charge of his bodyguard. The caption, the thirty. <laughs> the thirty consisted of Asahel, brother of Joab, El Hanan, son of Dodo of Bethlehem, Shama the Harodite, Elika the Harodite, Helech the Pautite, Ira, son of Ikesh the Tekoite, Abieza the Anathothite, Sibekai the Hushathite, Zalmon the Ahuhite, Maharai the Netophathite, Helech, son of Bana, the Netophathite, Ita, son of Reba, from Gibeah of the Benjaminites, Benaiah, the Pirathonites, Hidai, from the badlands of Gash, Abi Albon, the Arbathites, Asmaveth, the Bahumites, Eliabah, the Shaubonites, Jashen, the Gish Gizonites, Jonathan, son of Shama, the Hararites, Ahim, son of Shara, the Urites, Eliphelet, son of Ahasbai, the Makathites, Eliam, son of Ahithophel, the Gilonites, Israel, the Carmelites, Parai, the Abites, Igal, son of Nathan, commander of the army of Hagrites, Parai, the Birothites, weapon bearer of Joab, son of Zerah, the Ira, the Erites, Ithrites, Gareb, the Ithrites, Ora, the Hittites. That is seven, all two. Praise be unto God. Now we move to chapter 24, which concludes 2 Samuel. Glory to God. From verse 1, once again, God's anger blazed out against Israel. Tested David by telling him, Go and take a census of Israel and Judah. So David gave orders to Joab and the army officers under him, Converse all the tribes of Israel from Dan to Beersheba and get a count of the population. I want to know the number. But Joab persisted the king. May your God multiply people by the hundreds right before the eyes of my master, the king. Why on earth? You do a thing like this. Nevertheless, the king insisted. So Joab and the army officers left the king. Sorry about that. Verse 3. But Joab resisted the king. May your God multiply people by the hundreds right before the eyes of my master, the king. Verse 4, Nevertheless, the king in seeking to take a census of Israel, they crossed the Jordan and began with Arua and the town in the Kenyan of the Gadites near Jazar, proceeded through Gilead, past Hermon, then on to Dan, but the third Sidon, they covered Fort Tyre and all the Hivites and Canaanites cities and finally reached the Negev of Judah at Beersheba. They canvassed the whole country and after nine months and 28 days arrived back in Jerusalem. Joab gave the results of the census to be to the king, 800,000 able-bodied fighting men in Israel, in Judah, 500,000. When it was all done, David was overwhelmed with guilt because he had counted the people, replacing trust with statistics. And David prayed to God, I have sinned badly in what I have just done. But now, God, forgive my guilt. I have been really stupid. When David got up the next morning, 
word of God had already gone, come to guard the prophets. David's spiritual advice. Go and give David this message. God has spoken first. There are three things I can do to you. Choose one out of the three. And I will see that it is done. God came to deliver the message. Do you want three years of famine in the land? Or three months of running from your enemies? Why they chase you down? Or three days of an epidemic on the country? Think it over, make up your mind. Or shall I tell the one who sent me? David took God. They are all terrible, but I would rather be punished by God, whose mercy is great than fall into the human hands. So God lets loose an epidemic from morning until supper time. From Dan to Beersheba, 70,000 people died. But when the angel reached out over Jerusalem to destroy it, God felt the pain of the terror and told the angel who was spreading death among the people, enough, enough is enough, pull back. The angel of God had just reached the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel hovering between earth and sky, sword drawn and about to strike in Jerusalem. David and the elders bowed in prayer and covered themselves with rough bola. When David saw the angel about to destroy the people, he prayed, Please, I'm the one who sent. I, the shepherd, did the wrong. But these sheep, what did they do wrong? Punish me and my family, not them. That same day, God came and did, to David and said, Go and build an altar on the threshing floor of Aaron, the Jebusite. David did what God told him, what, what God commanded. Aaron looked up and saw David and his men coming his way. He met them bound deeply, honoring the king and saying, What has my master the king come to see me? Why has my master the king come to see me? To buy your threshing floor, said David, so I can build an altar to God here and put an end to this disaster. Oh, said Aaron, let my master the king take and sacrifice whatever he wants. Look, here's an ox for the bond offering and threshing paddles and ox yokes for fuel. Aaron gives it all to the king and may God, your God, act in your favor. But the king said, no, said to Aaron, no, I've got to buy it from you for a good price. I'm not going to offer God, my God, sacrifices that are no sacrifice. Oh, Balakosite. So David bought the threshing floor and the ox, paying out 50 shekels of silver. He built an altar to God there and sacrificed bronze offerings and peace offerings. God was moved by the prayers. And that was the end of the disaster. And that is the end of 2 Samuel. Praise be unto God. What an interesting read. Uh, before I hand over to Dr. Matthews, I'm going to post a video on our Telegram channel. Please watch out for it today. It's, it will give you an idea of what happened, of, of what is happening to us as we, as we read and study the word on a daily basis. You would notice that this video, when you, when you see the video, you would, you would understand that, oh, true, these are the things. And you will look inward and see that truly these things have been happening to you. So watch out for it. I posted this morning. Thank you once again to the esteemed sister Maka. And over to you, Brother Martins. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Brother John. We are going straight into our formation this morning. And we are taking our formation from the formation is posted on the screen right now. Okay. Start our formation by taking our names. My name is, you say your name. I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. Hallelujah. At this point, I'll kindly ask everyone to unmute their mics as we take our formation at the count of three. Please unmute your mics. One, two, three. My name is Jeffrey, I'm the the 
Amen, 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 amen. Lord, hallelujah, 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 praise the Lord. Okay, we're going straight into the communion segment right now. Take out your communion materials. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I receive of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, and the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body. It is broken for you. Please do a remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the bread, for the body of Christ that was broken for us. He is the bread of life that came down from heaven. He is from above. And as these who are we in this world, we are from above. We are the bread of life that came down from heaven. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Our lives are meet with his, hidden Christ in God. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus, today we declare that as we break this bread, as we break this bread, we will never be broken in life. As we break this bread, we declare that we are who God says we are. We have what God says we have. We can do what he says we can do. Thanks be unto God. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. After the same manner, also he took the cup. And when he has stopped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. Please do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cup, the precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. As we take this cup, we walk in the sinlessness consciousness. Every sin is washed away. Every infirmity is gone from us. Every pain is gone. We walk in the newness of life. Thanks be unto God. But when this day we are loaded again with benefits, and we receive all benefits that can accrue to us, Father, the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you grace, we worship you. Thank you, Father. Bread and take the cup. Abba Kalira, Social Amanda, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
At this point, I'll kindly hand over to the esteemed Sister Maka to take us to the main part of the meeting. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Thank you, um, in rounding off, there were just a few things um, um, in the Mendy said, you know, certain things got my attention. The first major thing is the fact that there are many people in Israel, you know, when they listed the, when David was moved of the devil to count Israel, we saw that Israel had 800,000 people. Um, Judah had 500,000. You know, and um, it meant that there were millions of them. These were fighting men, not all the congregation. But in all of it, not every one of them were listed as mighty men. So um, question is, on whose team are you? You know, whose mighty man are you? When you go to social media, you see those who pride themselves in being ambassadors of um, World Economic Forum, ambassadors of um, United Nations. Is that where your trophy lies? Are you a mighty man of the United Nations? And then in your church, in the things that we that matter in the life after now, are you listed as a mighty man? Where do you pride your strength in being in? Where, where are your, where, where, where's your pride when it comes to your position of might on the earth? You know, so that's just a question for you to ponder on. Then I noticed that um, when David listed the army, we would see that Israel was 800,000 fighting men and Judah was 500,000 fighting men. Now, this is Judah, which is one tribe out of 12 tribes. But you will remember that before David was made king over all Israel, he was king of Judah for seven years. And what that implies is that it's not about who is with you. It's not about the number of men that, is, that, that are with you. It's about the fact that God is with you. In the time that David was ruler over Judah only, his team multiplied to the extent that now that there is a count, Judah is 500,000, Israel is 800,000. How do you measure that when compared to one tribe versus 12 tribes? That is huge. It says a lot, stay on the course. Everybody does not have to agree with you. Everybody doesn't have to like you. People may fight you, but if God has chosen you, you will continually grow, you will multiply. The Bible says Isaac became great and he went forward and he continually became, and he waxed greater. You know, so this is the story of the Abrahamic lineage that we are a part of. Then I see something that Ahitophel's son was listed amongst the mighty men of David. Loyalty in the kingdom is not by blood. Loyalty is by spiritual choice. This is Ahitophel that betrayed David, but yet his son stood with David, fought with David, and was listed as one of his mighty men. There are many things, you know, that are listed in these scriptures as we read. Then to come into the um, the, the, the story, you know, in the New Testament, you know, we read about Jesus every day and we see how that his life was a working miracle. You see, somebody said something, said, you don't need an announcement to prove, to let the outer world know about the inner workings of the supernatural in you. If God be with you, you don't need, to, you don't need, see, I tell people, don't like titles. I don't like offices. Those who have been with me know. Because you don't need a title to be a leader. Leadership is a call to discipleship. If you genuinely care about people and you want to see them become who God has wanted, who God has created them to be, you don't need an appointment. You don't need an appointment letter. You don't need an office. Go out and do your work people are all around you you know so impact is a choice making an impact in our world is a choice you don't need an office you don't need an appointment letter if god is with you you can change your world you know so um jesus was there and he 
showed us through his life you need every go out make an impact about what would you do is it the united nations job that they gave you is that the what is parity i think that god is talking to somebody here there's somebody here you're an ambassador of the united nations and that's all you've been doing that's all that matters to you at this moment you need to re-strategize and you need to focus on what is parity and just in case you need to do your homework please go and study about the history of the united nations and you stop giving it attention and focus on what is important and what will count after the, the life after now you know so um these things that we read in the scriptures let us bring them to fore and practice them put them to work in our lives and let our lives become the daily stream of the miraculous thank you so much thank you everybody please i'd like you all to unmute as we share the benediction at this moment the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest in love, first now and forevermore, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you, Ma. Same with you. Thank you so much, Ma.